Ever feel like you're living the same day over and over? If mom life feels like an exhausting whirlwind of laundry, dinner, driving, and frustration on repeat, you're not alone. For every other thing we do in life, there's training. But for the most important job, we're just figuring it out as we go. Mom University is here to change that. It will give you the skills and education to break free of old patterns and be a leader in your home. Thanks for enrolling in MomU. Class is about to start. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom University podcast. I'm here with Chantel Allen today. Chantel, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is fun. You haven't been since the rebrand, but of course, Chantel and I have podcasted together a few times uh, in various iterations of this podcast as well as Chantel's podcast. So glad to have you here. We're going to have a great conversation. Chantel is one of our panel speakers at Mom University. So you guys are in for a treat. She has so many good things to share. To start off with, I would love it if you could just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So I am a mom of four teenagers, almost four teenagers. My youngest is thir- or almost 13. So okay. four very close together here pretty, pretty soon. I live in a small town in Arizona and I have been coaching for now five years. So, but I love to always tell people a little bit of my background just so they can realize the diversity there. I am a wedding planner, certified wedding planner, and I'm a preschool teacher. And I also stock traded <laughs> before I became a coach. So I have a variety of a background, but I love yes. what I do now. So, oh, that's awesome. I, at one point we had four teenagers also, my oldest is now 20. So we're down to three teenagers, but yeah, do it all at once. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I had 15, (laughs) my two oldest are 15 months apart. And after I did that, that was an accident. After that, I was like, let's just get this done. (laughs) Yes. Want to get through this. And it's been a blessing. It was hard at first, but I love kind of going through all the phases together. So it's been yeah. fun. Yeah, that's funny. That was exactly our plan. We wanted we wanted them close together mm-hmm. and had them close together. And then we have all our first four or six years apart. And then we have a seven-year gap. So now, even despite our best planning of having them close together, we still have, you know, a 20-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I'm I'm wow. back in the carpool line in first grade again oh. with all these 20, you know, moms in their late twenties. It's fun. It's so great. Oh, well, <laughs> I love <bless> it. You. <laughs> yeah. It's, it keeps me young. I think yeah. it, it's different, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, okay. I want to talk today about something that I feel like is so important. And I recently did a survey and I asked moms, like, what do you wish you would have known in motherhood? Like before you came, a, became a mom, what do you wish you would have known? And the number one answer was emotional regulation. So many people said that. And I thought that was interesting. A few people said when they heard this answer, what is that? What is emotional regulation? So I think that would be a good place to start. Can you define for us what that term even means? Yeah, I think emotional anything right now is kind of a buzzword we're hearing in self-help. I mean, emotional resilience, regulation, emotional control. I mean, I think we're saying these different words and they are a little bit different. Like if you think about even the word regulation versus control versus resilience, there there is a little bit of a difference. Yeah. But I think of the the overall arching theme of this is just understanding and knowing our emotions. Yeah. And then if we understand them, then I think of like regulation or control is then we are deciding what we do or how we respond with those emotions versus kind of being at the effect of them. 
So yes. that's what I think of like emotional regulation is just the understanding, the capacity to understand them and, and decide on purpose how we want to respond to the feelings that we're having in those moments. Okay. I love that definition. I think that's really helpful as we go into this conversation. And as you know, in this conversation that I was having with moms and, and where this was coming out was for a lot of them was yelling. So un, unregulated anger. Another place we see it, I feel like is unregulated sadness, just like yeah. maybe that one's personal. I've got teenagers and sometimes like, it's like, sad. oh, they just are so hard. And you're like, what? This is, this is yes. hard. This is difficult. Yeah. Um, and so maybe sad isn't the right word, but sad, um, those kind of things. So with you being really an expert on connecting to your emotions, connecting to emotions obviously is tied in helping us regulate our emotions. So can we back up a bit and tell me what is the real issue here and why do we even need to do emotion work? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think I've even had to ponder on this too, because I think you have to know your why behind starting anything, right? If it's just because it's the buzzword for the day, yeah. it's very hard for us to really dig in and really make the bridge, right? From me understanding this and me integrating it. So I do think it's very important for us to know, and everybody's reason is going to be different as to why, why do I even want to know this? But I think about like when we were growing up and I think our generation, and I'm speaking probably twenties to fifties is usually kind of the age that I'm thinking of. Our parents did the best that they could, but we were taught from a very young age to really, I would say, stuff down our emotions, you know, Hey, stop feeling like that. Or, you know, it's not that big of a deal or, and again, they did the best that they could. We're not trying to judge the generation that's before us, but because of that, we were really taught to not feel our emotions. So we've grown up, I would say more of in like this numb state. We are very good action takers. We are very good doers. But if we don't understand the reasons why behind it, again, we're reacting to a lot of, I would say, are just unfelt emotions from our past. So we really, I think of like what we're seeing today is emotional awakening. We want to wake back up to our emotions. We were given a body with emotions programmed into it. Yeah. And so it's, it's like a system that we've kind of shut off a, a programming and it's like, okay, we need to wake back up to it. We have a mind that is beautiful and we want to make sure that we're, you know, staying in tune with those thoughts. A lot of people are familiar with thought work, but we want to connect to the emotional part too. Like we want both of them to be speaking together. So it's, and it's hard, especially if we've not been trained in how to do this. I always think in high school, like maybe in our senior year, someone should have tapped us on the shoulder and said like, Hey, you need to start processing and understanding your emotions so that when you become adults, you can be an emotional adult versus an emotional child. Cause I yeah. see a lot of people are still in this emotional child state of thinking everybody else is causing their emotions and everybody else should make them feel better, you know, and all of that. So I think it's just really important for us because then we have the agency, we, we have responsibility. If we have emotional regulation, emotional resilience as we're growing older. So, yeah. Okay. I like that. And as you're talking, I feel a little bit of like, I don't know, resistance to this idea totally. coming up. It's yes. like, but I don't like, no, do we really want to go there? And I yeah. bet that that's really common, right? Especially yeah. I hear people say like, oh, I'm not really an emotional person or even hearing this, people might be like, oh, this is too touchy feely for me. I don't know if this is the episode for me. So what would you say to that? 
I would say I totally feel you. Like this is right up my alley. I, I, for the longest time, thought I was doing fine in my life, right? And I think a lot of people feel this way. Like we're just fine. If you say fine a lot or I'm doing okay, <laughs> yeah, that is you living on this autopilot of basically like a robotic place. And again, I'm not knocking that. I think for a lot of people, that's a really, it's totally fine for you to stay there. But if you're feeling unfulfilled, if you're feeling like there's a disconnect in your relationships, if you're feeling like there's a disconnect with your life, like you're doing all of the things, checking off all the boxes, but you're still feeling like this emptiness or this lack, that is what I would say is that emotional part that we're missing. And so I get it. it emotion work is very touchy feely. It's, I am one of those people that I, it still is very, very hard for me to become in tune with my emotions, yeah. but the more I practice, cause it takes practice. The more I practice doing it, I do see the results of it, of my relationships are deeper. They are more connected. I feel better about myself because I'm more in tune with my emotions. So it, you're not alone in <laughs> what you're thinking and feeling. I think it goes back to what we were kind of saying just a second ago. You got to know your why. Because again, if it's like, yeah, of course it's going to be hard doing anything new, any kind of growth is hard and doing this emotion work is hard because it's turning on to a language that we've stifled for a long time. Yeah. So again, it's, it's knowing your reason. And I think, like I said, everybody's is going to be different, but it's, I think it is so beneficial in the long run for us to understand those two languages and how they pair beautifully together. So, yeah. So can you help me understand you, you mentioned becoming in tune with your emotions. Help me understand what that looks like. Hey, so I love this question too. I think a lot of people say that they feel their emotions. They're like, well, yeah, I know. I know I'm feeling a certain way. And so I think of in tune as getting out of your brain because we love to think through our emotions a lot. Yeah. And I hear this all of the time. And so as soon as I start to work with somebody like, well, I know that I'm angry or I know that I'm, I'm frustrated, but they know it on an intellect. I think of it like the neck up approach, right? So they know that they're thinking a certain way. They know, you know, there's a story or something that's behind it in tune is learning what is going on inside of our body with those emotions. So if you think about our mind, it's the language of our brain, right? It's the language of our stories, our thoughts, the emotions is the language of our body. It's telling us what's going on. It, if something is safe, is something, you know, we need to get away from this. It's not true, but it's just like, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's our body's way of trying to keep us safe, keep us regulated, all of those types of things. So does that answer your question? Yeah, but I want to know even next level. So you're, you're sitting there and maybe intellectually, you know, that you're feeling frustrated yeah. Then, then if you're in tune, what is that like? Like what's going on actually in your body? Because I think that if you haven't done this work, yep. you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what that's going to feel like. So what, how do you walk people through that process of getting in tune to even recognize what's going on in their body? So I think the brain is still a beautiful place to start, especially for people that are very logical, analytical thinkers. It is good for us to stay. It's, it's not, we're saying, do not think through your emotions. It's, it's a good start, like a door in, I think. Yeah. So I, like, I love, I have lots of little tools that I use because I love to help kids with this too. Kids are amazing with this stuff, by the yeah. way, because they're just still in tune with their emotions. But I think of like getting in tune is some, some tips and tricks that I can give to you guys is turn on your phone five or six different times during the day, have the alarm go off. And then you like, whatever that goes off, you ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling in this moment? 
and you kind of go in and you start to, cause if we're just think fine and okay, those aren't emotions. Yeah. Those are just, again, a little cop out. It's our brain's way of just saying it's connecting, but it really is not. So we're trying to help our brains become and, and our bodies come in tune with what are we feeling on a regular basis? Because if you think about it, usually we only know our emotions on the extremes, mm. like what you were saying, the yeah. sadness or the anger. And so we'll, we're in tune. And with those, I would say in tune is still, we can talk about that more, but there's so many more emotions that are happening throughout our day. So I think of it, our brain has shut off our emotions to playing hide and seek. It's one of my favorite analogies to use with people with waking up to their emotions again. Like when we were younger, we were told stop feeling this way or, Hey, go into your room and cry it out or whatever, trying to get us to not feel our emotions. Right. So if you, if you guys are like me and you had young kids at one point, there's times where I remember my kids asking me to go and find them hide and seek, but I was busy doing other things and doing laundry or something else. And I'd say, go hide. I'll find you in a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I've had a couple of those situations where my kids have gone and I have forgotten that I was supposed to go and seek them. And so I had one situation where my son fell asleep and I could not find him forever. Oh, no. And I was frantic, tearing yeah. apart my house, looking in all the different places. And it turns out he ended up being in a place that I had looked 10 different times. I mean, I swear. I was like, I looked there. I swear over and over and over again. But again, he was asleep. So he wasn't hearing me. He wasn't paying attention. The same thing is happening with our emotions because we've told them to go hide and go away for so many times. Then we have this situation where when we go and seek them, it may take us doing it over and over mm. and over again for a little bit for us to be able to recognize or to find them again. So mm -hmm. we have to be careful with our agendas and thinking like, okay, well, I checked in and I tried to become in tune this one time and I couldn't feel it. It's like, Again, it's patience because a lot of us have shut our emotions down for years. It takes time for it to wake back up and feel okay for it to come out. Yeah. So it's, it's this process that we have to be willing to do. So I always think of it like this, this method that I've come up with is called the calm method. So what I do is tell people, okay, your alarm goes off and you start to notice your emotions. What are you feeling? We want you to practice feeling your body. Your body is very good at actually telling you what's going on. And some people are like, well, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm like, that's okay. It's totally fine. Just feel the sensations that are going on. My heart's racing. My, I feel super tight in my shoulders. I feel it in my arms. Like I'm telling you, your, your body is telling you different sensations. We just become so accustomed to them that we've just kind of wrote them off as like, well, I'm just stressed out. I'm like, what, what does stress feel like to you? Yeah. Neck down. And then you go in and you start to get to know it by having a relationship with it. Now, this sounds so crazy to people that are not used to emotion work. But again, we have, an, we have a relationship with our thoughts. Like a lot of us love to overindulge with our thoughts, yeah. right? Spend time thinking about them. The same thing goes for emotions. We just get to know them. We learn to allow them to listen to them because they have messages for us. And the more we do that, we will actually be back in control of our emotions versus being reactive to them. So like the yelling, right. That you were talking about like anger, you can actually feel anger and not react that way. And people are like, I don't even know what that looks like. I, I know it takes practice of like interrupting that response mechanism and just going neck below feeling what the anger feels like. Yeah. 
Okay. So interesting. So that's kind of where I want to go next is this understanding of, okay, so once we feel it, we start to learn what this feels like. How does that then impact our motherhood? You've given us one idea here of like, well, you don't have to yell. You're going to figure out what anger feels like without the yelling, but talk to us a little bit about this, how, how this emotion work, feeling what we feel impacts us as moms. Yeah. I, I love, again, this kind of goes back to your why, right? You got to know why you're doing this in the first place. And I think of the more connected that I am to my emotions, then I don't allow l- the little things to bug me as much. I'm sure it, most moms understand this. Like when you've just had a rough day and you, you know, it could be the tiniest, smallest thing that happens later on in the evening during witching hour, right? Like I feel like that dinner time and getting all the kids home, you're just, because you're, you're not in tune with yourself we're way more reactive. Our responses do not match the situations that are happening. Yeah. And even we feel a little bit guilty. Like after it's like, what did I just like, why did I just go off the handle there? Or why did I yell or whatever that will change the more we can be in tune with our emotions. Cause I, I love to do check-ins with myself. If I know there's going to become this, those moments where I typically will respond in a certain way, I will check in before that moment happens. So I typically on my drive to picking up my kids or right around witching hour, depending on when it is, I'll do a check-in like, okay, Chantal, how are you feeling right now? And sometimes I'm feeling super overwhelmed or I'm feeling super stressed out. And I just let myself just like breathe. I'm like, okay, it's okay for me to feel stressed out right now. It's totally fine. Of course I'm feeling stressed out right now. Like I'm just being so kind to myself instead of like white knuckling it and then going into the evening. And that's when we start to become responsive in a way that is not being the best person that we can possibly be. Yeah. So, and I think that too, is like, if you think about it, we're relying on our kids to show up in a certain way, right? Like if our kids are being reactive, then if we're not regulated, we mirror them and we just escalate it Yeah. instead of letting them have their behaviors. And then us deciding who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to show up in this moment? And the same thing can go with our spouses. You know, our spouses are humans too, but sometimes we're like, you need to behave a certain way for me to feel a certain way. And I'm like, we're all humans doing the same thing. So we need to learn responsibility of like, they can show up however they need to show up. How do I want to show up in this moment? How do I want to feel in this moment? Yeah. I mean, it gives us the power back. It gives us agency. It gives us choice. It's like, I can, I can be whoever I want to be. I can show up however I want to show up if I do the work. And then it doesn't matter if my kids are going crazy or my husband didn't do his work and he's upset and whatever, I can still like be intentional and be the way that I want to be. And what a powerful thing to be able to do. I'd love to hear some examples, like stories, examples of how this has played out in your life or in clients that you've worked with. Oh man, there's so many. And it's, it's crazy to think of like the differences that I've even seen in my own life. Um, my kids are all, I'll go with a personal one first and then I'll give it a quiet one, okay. but I have the four teens and you know, every single one of them are, is there on their own emotional journey right now. And it's been so interesting to me to think back to even 10 years ago when they were in elementary school, how I would respond to them when they came home from a bad day at school or, you know, a friend's not liking them or whatever. I was a fixer. Cause I'm like, okay, if they're yeah. not feeling good, then I need to fix it because that makes I'm, I'm a good mom. Right. I, I always wore, and I think a lot of people understand that they believe it's their job to control everybody else, to make them feel good. And now what is so different is I'm just a listener. 
I, I don't need to fix as much. And it's interesting, like my brain, even as I say that, I'm like, but really I should fix everything. Like that still is my, I, I still have that story in that thought yeah. process. But the more I realize, like, no, they're just having their experience. They, they need to go through this right now. And I don't need to fix anything. I actually just need to validate them of like, yeah, that's hard. Like that, that's really, really hard. It actually teaches them that their feelings are okay. Because then they are realizing like, it's not scary. It's not bad for me to be feeling this way. I can feel it and it, it's not a problem. That's, I, that's the difference that I've seen in my own life is this, my kids can be them and I don't need to fix them. So that's a personal one. Now with a client of mine, I was just thinking about this this morning because I was actually talking to her. I do Marco Polo with my clients all the time. So I love the personal inter interaction with them. But she's doing one with her husband right now where she is, and she's been coaching me with me for a while. So she knows this stuff. And that's the thing, you guys, this emotion work, any kind of work, it's, there's never an end point. So yeah. that's one thing I have to keep reminding myself of is even though I've been doing this for a couple of years now, I still am constantly having to remind myself of the journey. It's a journey. It's not like this destination that we're trying to get to with this. So just to keep that in mind, but she's been struggling with needing validation from her husband. She's like, I need him to give me these things. I need him. It's like the five love languages that everybody loves to talk about. And yeah. I love them to a point. Because otherwise we're still expecting somebody else to show up a certain way in order for us to feel the way that we want to feel. And so I've been working with this client and helping her to realize like, okay, we can still ask this of your husband, but if you need it from him, you're left wanting, you are completely out of control. And so it's been turning this around and it feels very uncomfortable to do this, to yeah. let somebody else go and just do the work for yourself of like, can you just love you? Can you just validate you and like, good job me for doing the work today. Like helping yourself be your best cheerleader has completely changed her husband. And she was marking this morning and she's like, it's so weird. He's not changed at all, but I feel so connected to him. I just feel like we are, we, our marriage has completely changed and everything. I'm like, I know, isn't it the craziest thing is when we stop expecting other people to take care of us, then we, the relationships are totally different. Yeah. So it's just a beautiful place. So again, it gives you back the responsibility. It gives you back the control that we are so desperately trying to do by navigating everybody else in our lives. Yeah. I love both of those examples so much. I mean, in the second one with your client, it's so interesting because we think that we're going to get that. Like she thinks she's going to get what she wants by changing her husband, which yeah. she has zero power to do. We, yeah. we know that we know it intellectually. And yet all the time we are doing the opposite. We're like, no, okay. But he needs to change. Like really? Yeah. You well, know, even if you think about this, like I've had a couple experiences, I'm sure people can relate to this is where they do listen for a little bit of time and they do those things. Yeah. Your brain is still like, but he didn't mean it. Or yeah. you know, like, so yeah. kind of second guessing the things that are being done. So it's not about the doing it's not mm. about it at all. It's really yeah. about you being able to decide on purpose ahead of time. Like he loves me. And then yeah. letting however it comes to you, you get to feel that. That's so, so powerful. That's so is. cool. And then you, in your own example with your kids and just listening to them, I mean, how powerful for us as moms, going back to where you started at the very beginning, so many of us were taught like, you know, suck it up quit crying, just like, you're okay, you're okay. And to let our kids not be okay for a minute. Yes. Meanwhile, they learn to feel 
all through that emotion, process it and move on rather than stuff it down until it comes out later at the worst possible moment in the worst possible way. And so to me, that's why this emotional work is so important. It allows us to be in this space where we are, you know, we're able to show up the way we want to show up because we're not like fighting ourselves. Yes. I love that so much. When I think it gives other people permission to be themselves too, right? Yeah. If, if you're taking care of yourself and you're not needing, and I, and I say this word carefully, but we don't need to manipulate other people, right? If we are not needing to manipulate other people, then they're allowed to show up and be them fully and, and accept them. Cause that's what I think is so crazy is we're teaching our kids that they should love themselves, but then we're like, you need to love yourself, but can you also change this? Can you change <laughs> yeah. This? Right? Yeah. So it's, it's learning like, no, really, you can show up however you want to show up. And I've got me, I, I, I'll i take care of me and I'll love you no matter what. So yeah. it's a really power. And again, I am not perfect at this. Like I still get into the same little steps of sometimes I'm like, maybe I should fix it this time. Maybe, maybe I should, but it's, I love this work because I'm constantly having to put it back into practice of like, maybe not, maybe this is exactly the way that they're supposed to go. It doesn't mean I sit back and do nothing, but it's just, right. I have a more empowering place instead of it being like, I need them to change or I need to fix this. Fix this. It's more of like, what feels like love to me in this moment? Does mm. it mean saying something? Does it mean, you know, acknowledging them? Does it mean doing something different? But it's not coming from this scary fear-based place of just like, I need them to be better so that I feel better. It's just yeah. love. So that's so, that's so beautiful and so empowering and really what we want in our yes. motherhood. So yes. I love that. I, I think you have taught us so many good things and I'm super excited to learn even more from you at mom university. Um, tell us why you're excited about mom university. Oh man. So many things. I am just excited that you even came up with this idea. I just, it's <laughs> awesome. I, one of my favorite things about mom university is that it's going to be this container for people to be in person relationships in person, we, we've been missing that. I mean, COVID was yeah. obviously the big example of that, of we need that in-person connection. And so many times it's scary, right? To put ourselves out there and to show up, maybe if you don't have anybody, but every time I go to an in-person event of any kind, I walk away with so many connections and relationships that I would never have been able to have in any other capacity. So I'm just so excited for the container that is going to be available for women to come together to realize they're not alone in this, whatever they're going through. Like I know so yeah. many times as a mom, we're like, no one else understands me. No. And I promise you, if you come to this, you're going to find other like-minded women that are seriously going to show you like, you're not alone in this and have other cheerleaders in your pocket to be able to walk away with for probably the rest of your life, which is just absolutely amazing. So yes, yes, the speakers and the panelists are going to be amazing, but that's definitely my favorite is that in-person connection that is going to be there. So totally. Okay. I love that. And I love that we get to learn more from you because I mean, this, the things that we've talked about today, like you said, it is a journey, but if we can put this into practice, the more we practice it and keep learning it and keep doing it, like the better we're going to be as moms and just at life in general, it just helps us to figure out who we are and how we want to be in this world. So, so much good stuff. Where can people find you and learn more about your work? Yeah. So I have a podcast as well, and you're a guest on there as Yay. well. You'll have to go check it out, <laughs> but living and loving your life podcast. And then I just have my website, Chantel Allen coaching that they can come check out. And I have a couple of free re resources on there as well. If they want to check that out as well. So perfect. All right. Well, definitely go check that out you guys. And thank you, Chantel for being with us and for all the good stuff you shared. 
Thanks for listening. If you're a mom whose days feel like Groundhog's Day and you find yourself wondering what you're doing it all for, join us at our in-person Mom University event. You'll get the support, tools, and help to become the mom you want to be. For details, go to universityformoms.com.